0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Stephen Gerrard says there is no chance Alfredo Morelos will leave Rangers in January and he apologises if his St Johnston post-match comments caused any offence. Mikey Johnson's hoping to start for Celtic in next week's old firm game as another youngster commits his future to the club and Craig Levine accuses Derek McInnes of double standards and talking tripe. I'm Gordon Duncan joining me tonight. Two men who never, honestly, never talk tripe. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans. The league that caught fire in August Now turns into a Yuletide inferno You could not make up A better sequence of fixture list To take us up to the winter break And Stephen Gerrard was correct When he made the point about players Making life difficult for themselves He might have used less than diplomatic language But the sentiment was accurate We are now talking about fine margins Deciding the outcome of the title race And if you beat yourself Alec That's just careless Alex Ray Everyone is winding down Looking forward to the big day tomorrow Having been involved in the game You know that that doesn't really happen Football doesn't stop Huge games that we've just passed at the weekend And some huge games to look forward to On Boxing Day as well Yeah, it's a very important time of the the calendar Gordon, in terms of football The top three pick up maximum points But for me, the big winners at the weekend Were St Mirren Three points at a vital time Getting into a couple of more games Before the winter break So plenty of things to discuss tonight Right, hopefully the Christmas shopping is done Maybe there's a bit of wrapping left But you can you can do that after 8 o'clock So let's hear from you 0141 951 1025 On Twitter we are at Clyde SSB It was a busy weekend So what talking points uh, did you take away from it? What about Rangers yesterday, Celtic on Saturday As Alex says, St Mirren Arguably the big winners over the weekend And what about today's news stories as well Will Mikey Johnson be the man to mm. continue playing up front for Celtic? Karamoko Dembele extends his stay So much to get through But we can't do it without you So let's hear from you 01419511025 Do it now Well, I mean the big moment of the weekend I think was Alfredo Morelos Scoring with two minutes to go at Perth Because had Rangers slipped up in Perth Then you can only imagine what Stephen Gerrard would have said He had plenty to say after Rangers won He knew the value of that goal from Morelos And even though Alfredo Morelos has yet to score against Celtic In two years of trying He is, I think, without doubt The biggest threat to Celtic Once Rangers get Hibs out of the way And Celtic get Aberdeen out of the way And the two meet next weekend Speaking of Alfredo Morelos And uh, I want to get your opinion on this on the phone So let's hear from you 01419511025 Stephen Gerrard says there is no chance He will leave the club in January But admits there is likely to be interest in the Colombian It was a double yesterday It made it 19 goals for the season And Gerrard says he'll only get better He's a top class finisher He he must be a nightmare to play against um, Because you know I, I see him Constantly giving defenders tough afternoons Defenders go out of the way To to make it very, very difficult for Alfredo Uh, They try everything they can to stop him He just carries on and he keeps wanting to score goals He's got that hunger He comes alive in the box That's football All all good players uh, around the world uh, Receive interest and bids and blah, blah, blah That's normal There's nothing I can do about that No, no, I won't turn the phone off I'll listen to what they've got to say I'll be respectful, but um, he's going nowhere That's the message um, 
said it before, I've given the message before, so he's going nowhere. It's always similar language with any club and any big asset at this time. You know, not for sale under any circumstances. Uh-huh. But then we also hear that phrase, which is every player has his price. Yes. Would you expect interest in Alfredo Morelos in January? Yeah, without doubt. You look at uh, last January where there was reported seven, eight, nine million pound, depending on what the reports were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, he has not. He's uh, superpassed. Last year by a country mile He has improved as a player all round His general all round play He's actually surpassed the goals That he got the whole of last year Hugh I yeah. think he got 18 last year for Rangers So I would expect some sort of bids to come in Because what I do know is People with money want to attract good players And particularly goal scorers And if someone out there feels as if he can get the goals To get them to a championship Into the Champions League Or whatever the level is They will come chapping Gordon, here's the deal Okay if Rangers keep Morelos They've got a chance of winning the league title If Rangers sell Morelos They don't win the league title uh, Because he's that important His goals are that important I repeat He has yet to score against Celtic Since uh, arriving in this country But Come the weekend He's the biggest threat to Celtic Is it always that simple though? Because there's As we all well know In modern football th- there, there is a business argument uh-huh. I mean oh, yeah. Surely there becomes a point where You have to Maybe even Concede that it might damage you this year But the, the money would be too good to turn down And uh, obviously I'm being hypothetical Yeah yeah of course uh, Rangers Fans Are Demanding That Celtic's League run Be ended They don't want to see Eight in a row They fear Ten in a row for Celtic And they Want Steven Gerrard to stop this run Now If he's got Alfredo Morelos He has a chance If he doesn't have Alfredo Morelos He mm. doesn't have a chance And what effect Does that then have On Steven Gerrard Does he then say to himself I'm wasting my time here Rangers fans Let's hear from you on this then 01419511025 Are you Worried Are you expecting Interest in Alfredo Morelos In January Is it a case of Keep him at all costs or does every player have their price? You tell us. 0141951025. Uh, and Stephen Gerrard's also apologised to St Johnson if any of his post-match comments were taken as an insult. Uh, the Rangers boss slammed his own side for a shocking first-half performance and he says they must improve ahead of two huge games this week. Yeah, I think we've showed many a times throughout the season we've got character and we've got guts. Um, but we've also showed that at times we've turned up at places and just thought we've got the divine right to... To, to beat the opposition um, we, we weren't the, the real Rangers team that I've seen on so many occasions in the first half and I said that after the game um, some of my quotes were, were taken out of context if you like it wasn't what I meant to be disrespectful to St Johnson or Tommy Wright um, Tommy went out of his way to welcome me here um, he's someone who I've got the utmost respect for St Johnson as well and, and all the teams and managers in the league so some of my quotes were misunderstood or, or taken the wrong way so I apologise for that but I think it showed clearly that we were second best in the first half, all over the pitch. St. Johnson were excellent, the best team. They also had periods in the second half where they caused us a few issues. Um, but you've seen it quite clearly yesterday that we showed two sides of us. Um, one that was second best. Um, and then second half we played with character and, and belief and purpose and we got our rewards for that. Uh, the comment that he's referring to Hugh He said we shouldn't have to work that hard To win at places like this uh-huh. With all due respect um, What do you think? The language was not from the diplomatic corps But the sentiment was correct Rangers should 
be capable of going to McDermott Park and winning the match more comfortably than they did. Rangers have made a variety of slip-ups this season. Dens Park should have been capable of beating Dundee, had to settle for a draw. Uh, Go to Livingston, lost. Uh, Play at home to Aberdeen, lost. Uh, By the same token, I think that Celtic have to tread warily going to Pataudry and Ibrox for three reasons. A goalless draw against a hapless St Mirren team. Uh, A draw against Livingston, again, the Tony Macaroni. And the evening at Fir Park where they drew one all, having gone a goal up, having missed a penalty, they go two up. So there for me are six points carelessly, needlessly thrown away. And that's why I say Stephen Gerrard's correct. If you harm yourself, that's careless. We're almost back to where we were last week with Rangers, Alex, where you're caught in between acknowledging that Three points is all that matters yeah. And sometimes you have to win ugly And you hear all these phrases But also acknowledging that The performance level Needs to be better And I don't think any Rangers fan Who watched the first 60 minutes At McDermott Park yesterday Would argue against that You can't argue Gordon I, I was at the Hamilton game A couple of weeks ago And I said as well You know they started first 10 or 15 minutes To get had the game Out of sight It could have been 2 3 nil, And the game's finished effectively and there's periods where Steven Gerrard's seen this. Um, I think there was mitigating circumstances as well yesterday because I don't think they had their, their main midfielders. I, I really, when Arfield's not in that midfield, it's a big miss for them. He's a, the guy, the go-to guy from middle to front. He makes brilliant runs. So when he's not there and when you look at the personnel in the middle of the pack, the part, you have, uh, you know, uh, Andy Halliday, young Ross McCrory and Koulibaly. For me... They are all very similar I don't see anyone picking passes And I've been saying it for weeks That oh. they're crying out for someone To take mm. up the mantle in that aspect And, and get the team going uh, And they huff and puff And uh, unless they've got that But you have to put it in context as well I think that's 36 games that Rangers have had to negotiate And I actually think that getting to the end of this cycle uh, I said at the beginning of this month I felt as if they need to still be within a couple of points Of Rangers, uh, sorry Celtic Before they can uh, you know, go into this winter break Ian's in Blantyre. What's in your mind tonight, Ian? Hello, hello, gentlemen. I, I I just want to talk about the Alfredo Morelos. I'm really, really worried. I'm really worried about him. In case he gets, it does get sold in January, I'm really, I'm really worried about him. And by the way, see, Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you. Yeah, Merry Christmas as well. I mean, I guess it would be a, I mean, it would be a concern. You you find any team in the planet, Alex, yes. and say that your top scorer um, could leave or, or whatever, then I'm sure fans. Yeah, would be concerned Yeah, it's listen, understandable you, you can never say never in football I think that's one of the things we'll all agree on um, I think Stephen Gerrard was categoric today uh, That he will not be going They have tried everything To make sure Morelos is happy Now, see when you come in If you go back a year ago I think I was on this programme saying See if it was 7 or 8 million I'd have bitten the hands off you Because uh-huh. I don't see the player then That I now see it today So I, I can see the progression in him And I think he will get better For me, he... Uh, he is the main man for Rangers. Uh, we were on this programme a few weeks ago talking about the importance of Dembele for Celtic. Uh, sorry, uh, Edward. Edward rather, and the you know Morelos for Rangers. And I says, Rangers could not cope without Morelos. Whereas if you look at the weekend, young Mikey Johnson comes in and Celtic could, could have been six, seven, eight. Uh, so I think Celtic are better hmm. able to cope with that. I mean, how categoric can you be though, Hugh? Because this side of football business... <laughs> sort of fascinates me I, 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 I completely understand 
And Stephen Gerrard sits there and says, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't entertain any bids. Yeah. Surely that becomes a point where you would simply have to. Well, the position that Rangers are in, Rangers' uh, business plan is not yet a sustainable one. Uh, and that's by Dave King's own admission that Rangers need to play in the Champions League and on a regular basis before Rangers become uh, the, the business model that he's looking for. However, Dave King has this problem in his hands. The Rangers supporters want Celtic's run of league title wins to be brought to an end. If Morelos is sold and Celtic go to eight in a row, then why would they renew season tickets? Why would the manager want to stay when the best player is sold from underneath him? So I think, yes, I accept your point that everyone has his price. And in Moussa Dembele's case at Celtic, it was close to £20 million. I don't agree with you, Hugh. And that was good business. On you go, Ian. On you go, Ian. On you no, go. I'm saying I totally agree with you. Yeah. What you're saying about the, about the, about the price tag business. Hmm. But it's really good. And a Merry Christmas to you, and your family and your grandchildren down south. Thank you very kindly, Ian. Speak to you later, right? Bye. Oh, Bye. Short and sweet. That was Ian and Blanter. Keep your, your thoughts coming. 01419511025. Uh, Tom is in Falkirk as a Rangers fan. Tom, looking to yesterday, is that the I mean, is that the prime example of how much Rangers do rely on Alfredo Morelos at the moment? Definitely. Definitely. Ryan Morelos, I think he's been tremendous this season. The, first of all, the, I wish yourself... Gordon, Hugh and Alec a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year when it comes in to all the listeners Same to you, and Tom. also yeah, I'd just like to wish uh, Lee Griffiths the oh, speedy recovery uh, before yeah, I go into my point good for you uh, my point my point to the, the Alec and Hugh and yourself Gordon is how do you think Rangers will set out and Saturday against Celtic do you think they'll attack more than the Park head? And if they can get a good result, which I think they might, do you think it'll give them the confidence they can push on and win the league title this season? Um, you take the first part, Alex, a bit about the team. Uh, I think I think that it will depend, depend on whether Arfield's fit. I think he's crucial. Um, in terms of uh, Ryan Jack, he he would start for me as well. My midfield would be Ryan Jack, uh, Arfield and Koulibaly. I think they three looked strong when I seen them against Hibs. The other night I felt as if right, okay, they've got that central, they're powerful, the they break from middle of the park, particularly Arfield, and then Candies. The, the only issue I have at the moment would be Gresdar. He doesn't seem to be anywhere near the level. I know he had an injury earlier on in the season, but even at this stage he's starting to get games, he's struggling badly. So whether whether they can get Kent up, I know he's kind of back in training, but whether it's too soon, having been out for a few weeks, it may well just sorry, be sorry, Alex. Kent Nicky, the Anthony McCrory, but we've didn't they might be away from McCrory at the, at the back? No, not at all. No, no, no. I think Stephen Gerrard's already said that when he first came in that he felt as if uh, he was thrown in at the deep end last year uh, with, with the previous manager, basically. So uh, it hasn't really featured at all at the back. For me, the best partnership, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, would be McCauley and um, Golson. I feel as if they two give you that kind of security. Tom, what about a left-back? Because all of a sudden, it looks like there's a real chance Lee Wallace plays in that game against Celtic when, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, that would have been unthinkable. What do you make of that? I'd be quite happy with Wallace because he's... He, he's, he's hopefully, he was a good player when he played before and hopefully he still got it because he, and he knows he's an experienced player to play in the, the firm game. He's got experience in that. So... It, I'd be quite happy if we played. Thomas, Hope it yourself, Alec, you'd be happy with 
Raham playing? What here? Tom's point about the psychological lift that could be obtained from a win at Ibrox for Celtic and for Rangers is an important one. However, you can't look beyond Petodri for Celtic and you can't look beyond Hibbs going to Rangers. Oh, you, you can in Glasgow, that's the well, thing. We've, yeah, been, I, we've I, been looking beyond 10 and 12 and 14 games at a time to get to this one. Okay, I'll play the <laughs> game then. I'll look beyond Petodri and I'll look beyond Rangers against Hibbs and say the psychological lift for the winner would be immense. Yeah. I mean, if Celtic uh, won at Ibrox, it would really be sending out a very strong message that whatever Rangers do this season, it won't be enough. And then Celtic could put the the icing on the cake by having one or two big signings in the January transfer window. If Rangers win, and only 800 Celtic supporters are there and 50,000 Rangers supporters are there, then uh, they really take on a second wind for the last part of the season Alex what about this Lee Wallace business then yeah. because it, you know Barisic is clearly the number one choice and then it's been sort of Flanagan and Halliday Barisic goes off injured yesterday Lee Wallace comes on Stephen Gerrard said something along the lines of yeah he looked like he hadn't played in a while but he didn't mean it to be overly critical just meant he was a bit you know he said he, yeah, he, said right he was rusty, rusty. Yeah. Um, but all of a sudden is there a, is there a real chance he plays against Celtic? Well, listen, I think uh, he makes a very good point to call in terms of the balance. I think that's one of the key things. I don't think you could put John Flanagan in there at the, the magnitude. I think James Forrest would give him a, a really tough afternoon. So I think by the actual natural balance, the fact is he may well have another game in midweek leading up to the Celtic game would maybe get him up to speed a little bit more. Um I seen Lee Wallace play in a reserve game a couple of weeks ago, Gordon, and he cantered it. So he's been playing games on a regular basis, albeit it's a different level. Mm. But the, the the interesting thing I want to just quickly make, Gordon, is going back to September the second. Stephen Gerrard says judges in the 29th of December. So mm. let's see what that all makes. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's hear from you, Celtic fans. This bit might interest you in particular because we're going to hear from man of the moment, Mikey Johnson, after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Hugh. Merry Christmas from Clyde One Super Scoreboard. I'm clearly easily amused, Hugh Keevans, but yeah. that never gets old. I still I like it every time I hear it. All I want for Christmas is Hugh. Magnificent. Never a tough day. I had in a restaurant today where you could only order your food by using a machine. What's that all about? Oh. I think it's a popular fast food restaurant. Yes. Yeah. Right. Other restaurants are available, however. The, the but you and technology don't tend to mix, so I can just imagine the scene. Well, the woman could tell that my bottom lip was trembling and I was on the verge of tears, and she came out from behind the counter and said, what would you like? I can just imagine the box getting handed over and he opens it and it's just a gherkin, one single gherkin yes, in the box yes, because he's, 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 he's messed up have the order. A, have you got a five year old grandchild drumming his fingers on the table <laughs> saying, Where's the food? Speaking of technology, if you head over to our Twitter feed at Clyde SSB, you will see what we've been waiting on for quite a number of weeks now. It is a gift from us to you, Clyde Super Scoreboard's Mean Tweets, <laughs> the festive edition. You may remember the original Mean Tweets. It was where the phrase Specky Tube was first coined. Well, we now have a festive edition of some of your um, Christmas well wishes to the panel. Is that as, as it were? Yeah. Alex Ray, you, you, you star quite heavily. Oh, don't. It was, uh, it was a carry on. It's great. I, I, listen, it's good that you can actually laugh at yourself, Gordon, which is brilliant. <laughs> 
You know I wasn't happy doing all that <laughs> Oh dear me At Clyde SSB Go and check it out It's uh, Yeah listen it's, it's interesting to say the least uh, Those were the ones that were clean enough Just about for us to, to get on there Anyway on the phone strike Let's hear from you 01419511025 And let's hear from Mikey Johnson He says he's ready to play in the old firm game If he's called upon He's now scored three goals In his last two games for Celtic Known as a winger now playing up front He says he's in dreamland After being given the chance by the manager but knows he must grab it with both hands. Again, it's just surreal. It's unbelievable just scoring another couple of goals and helping the team to, to get a win. As I said the other day, I'm just taking everything day by day and just not getting too far ahead of myself. And just I need to just keep working hard and hopefully I can get more chances. Uh, if I'm asked, I'm, I'm going to play and I need to just keep showing uh, that I can I can score goals and I can help the team out. And hopefully, if I if I get the chance, I can I can do that. But I'm just going to keep working hard and see, hopefully I can get in the team. Uh, Hugh Keevans, that's. That in many ways is, is the talking point from Celtic's yeah. performance at the weekend Is Mikey Johnson clearly did enough on Saturday Has he done enough to real, really give Brendan Rodgers a problem um, Going into these big games against Aberdeen and Rangers? My gut instinct tells me that if Odson Edouard is 100% fit As he will need to be Then he will start the match at Pataudry on Boxing Day And the performance, the result at Pataudry Will determine who plays or does not play at Ibrooks at the weekend. So I think that Mikey Johnson has enlivened Celtic after the defeat from Hibs. He has come in along with Anthony Ralston and they have had a big impact on the team. And Brendan Rodgers should be grateful for the contribution that they have made over those two games. However, when it gets to Pataudry, I think he'll be... On the bench Alex what did you make of uh, Mikey Johnson's performance At the weekend I thought he was Absolutely brilliant Gordon uh, The way in which He took his goal Was prolific uh, The opportunity That he had From the Sinclair cross Which hit the crossbar Was so athletic It was almost like A pirouette Where he's managed To guide it back Towards goal uh, And listen It's interesting Because we're, we're talking As if he's only Played a couple of games This year But he's featured Within I think it's 12 games or so He's had 3 or 4 European Outings as well in terms of like sporadic uh, substitution So they are starting to phase Mikey Johnson in So it's not as if he I think he'll be here for a while now I agree with you and what he says about uh, If Edward is fit mm. come uh, Boxing Day He will most certainly start Alec is a Celtic fan on the line What did you make of Mikey Johnson on Saturday Alec And what about the chances of him staying in going forward? Hi lads, uh, Merry Christmas and all that Jazz when it comes Yep, same to you <laughs> But yeah, yeah. That's hardly, just, hardly, it's a wonderful life, <laughs> isn't it, Jazz? <laughs> uh, yeah, just, just a couple of points about Mikey Johnson and uh, Karamoka It was great to wake up to see that the boy had actually signed his first professional contract with Celtic. Uh, we all know what happened the last time that Celtic had a, a magnificent talent. Uh, the boy, I think the boy went to Chelsea. And then, uh, for us. That was the end of that. Uh-huh. But with Karamoko, the boy keeps on. Uh, progressing the way he's doing I think he's going to be a sensation at Celtic uh, you look at Mikey Johnson you think that the boy had been playing in that team for like the last couple of years and to me is the nearest that we've had to Patrick Roberts when the boy picks the ball up all he wants to do is run he wants to run and he wants to score goals and he's everywhere he's nothing about and for, for such a small Figure, you know, he's even he's, he's, he's in the box, he's scoring goals we seed. And if Brendan Rodgers can, even with Edward Fit, and if he can, 
it would be great to see him in the same team as Edward. I, uh, I have no doubt. I think he would terrorise folk. I have no doubt that Mikey Johnson is a huge talent and has the potential to be an even greater talent for Celtic. However, we're back to the Steven Gerrard point here about places where players should be in the team and places where players perhaps at this stage of their development should not be in the team. This is Pataudry on Boxing Day, Ibrooks on the 29th. These two games are massive for Celtic. And I just think that uh, if your £9 million striker is fit and available, I think Brendan Rodgers will go with him. And uh, I'm not certain that Mikey Johnson gets into the wide positions because you've got Sinclair and Forrest. And who are you going to leave out? Sinclair came alive at the weekend. Clearly a favourite of Brendan Rodgers. And I, I just think that right now, if Edward was unfit, then that changes everything. But I think if mm. Edward is fit, he plays at it, Pataudry. It's definitely one to watch with interest, Alex, because... Yeah. There's, um, I mean, Hugh mentions Edward being fit. I suppose you can then question how fit and what does that mean? Does it mean, yes. you know, d- does he have to start against Aberdeen to, to get him an appropriate amount of game time back in? Um, you know, how, how does he use, whether it's Edward or Mikey Johnson, in that game with, with a view to the Rangers game as well? So it really boils, there's quite a lot to take into account. I, Gordon, it's a good uh, question because it really boils down to where Edward is in his recovery. If he's 100%, 85%, I think he will probably start. Uh, if he's 60%, they'll go, no, we're not going to risk it and we'll give him an extra few days to then recover and we'll give him a late fitness test to go into the old firm game. So I think they saw the, these questions that only the, the, the medical team and Brendan Rodgers can answer. But it's interesting what Alex says there because for me, uh, on the back he's seen Sinclair That is the best I've seen Sinclair play At the weekend For a long time He was instrumental in everything It's interesting because We know he likes to cut in his right foot And he nearly scored Where he won get cleared off the line But see when he takes him down the line as well Hugh And he, and he sets up Mikey Johnson He then gets the foot back He gave the young boy Cammy Kerr A really tough afternoon So mm-hmm. Going to a place like Pataudry as well Where you're up against Shea Logan And guys that know the score I think you're going with your strongest team because you have to take Max. Again, it's back to the old pressure one. Rangers and Celtic will be looking to try and take the three points, get into the old firm game because it puts more pressure on if you don't take the points. So it's it's all relevant. So you have to negotiate the Hibs and Aberdeen game before the old firm game. Mikey Johnson's getting the headlines this weekend, Hugh Keevens, but you can understand why fans like Alec are delighted with the bigger picture because we all knew about Firstly James Forrest Then along came Kieran Tierney And and arguably surpassed All the rest of them But you've got Callum McGregor Who's a real favourite at the moment as well And then in the last couple of weeks Anthony Ralston Mikey Johnson For a club that size To be churning out the academy Players into the first team That's something that fans just love They have The two young men Anthony Ralston and Mikey Johnson Have enlivened Celtic Brendan Rodgers is not infallible Brendan Rodgers made a mistake At Easter Road Square pegs, round holes uh, Caught in the headlights in the first minute A goal down after 58 Mm. seconds And a very, very poor performance Only made interesting when Mikey Johnson came on In the the last 10 or 15 minutes of the game Ralston and Mikey Johnson then enlivened Celtic Against Motherwell and Dundee They've created a debate, the two of them I just think that when it gets to Pataudry It'll be Michael Lustig uh, it'll be the uh, Edward up Boy, front. Boyata may well come back as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, these couple of well, games. Y- 
If your choice is Boyata, yeah, seconds, if your choice is Boyata or Simovic, it's Boyata. Alec, on you go. I've I've no fears about going up to Petrodri or going to Ibrooks because I've said in the show before, Celtic these games are, are big game mentality games. I there's a lot it's today with ability and everything. But when Celtic run out at Petrodri and then when they run out to Ibrooks, they're going out there with a belief that they're going to win the game. No if if buts and maybes because they've got that big game mentality, they've got that experience. And you cannot buy that. You can't buy a player to buy that. And that's why that. that's why you've answered your own question. Because that big game mentality belongs to Michael Lustig and it uh, belongs to Odson Edward. It it has yet to come for Anthony Ralston and Mikey Johnson, and that's why they they will be, I think, on the bench. A bit of news regarding that game on the 29th today, Hugh, and that's that John Beaton is going to be the man yeah. in the middle. Snooker Loopy's on, and he says, Can you ask Hugh, will it be the 25th or 30th minute that Celtic get their penalty? And I had a little bit of a, a scroll down, <laughs> and would you believe, Hugh Keevens, yeah. I for one did not see this coming, that uh-huh. the news about John Beaton has um, caused a number of Celtic fans to think that he's going to be biased towards Rangers and a number of Rangers fans to believe he's going to be biased towards Celtic. It doesn't, who knew? It doesn't matter who referees Rangers versus Celtic or Celtic versus Rangers. If it was Barack Obama, he'd be in trouble. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, the, the poor man has no chance. He is uh, verbally abused before the game starts So I just ignore All talk about referees Because For the fundamentalists On both sides uh, This is the convenient Excuse for them The refer- It was the referee What did it I think everyone should Get together One game only Get everyone involved Everyone to buy into it And Hugh Keevens Referees the game What do you think? Can you imagine? Yes. Can you imagine? <laughs> Honestly <laughs> Thanks to Alec Colin is a Celtic fan In Falkirk What's on your mind Tonight Colin? Well, what's on my mind is um, I think we should play Mikey Johnston because if we play Edward, he's no and kind of that outward striker. Like Mikey Johnston's been scoring there, and it's actually we should have like a younger striker in the park like him. I think he's only one year younger. More goals. I think he's only a year younger than Edward Alex. And um, what have you have you been impressed? Particularly with the way that he's taken to specifically that position, he's Edward. obviously been, um, Johnson. He's obviously been playing yep. well, but we always hear about it being you know a very specific role. Um, you know, different picking up the ball in different areas, different body shape, yep. different movement. He, he seems to be coping, and you have to acknowledge that at home to Dundee, tougher yep. tests lie ahead. Absolutely, but he certainly looks like he he knows the role. I think when he came in at the weekend there, he, he did what he was asked. Gordon, you know, you look at Young Rouse and you look at Mikey Johnson. Celtic had so much of the ball at the weekend The stats must have been overwhelming Because every opportunity you've seen Of the highlights and the stuff that we'd seen It was wave after wave And that's the best opportunity to come into that environment It is a different ball game When you go to, to a place like Tynecastle, Ibrooks, uh, uh And Boxing Day So that you have to contend with all them Let me just make this as clear as possible To uh, Colin if Edward's 100% fit, for me, he has to play because it's so important to keep the pressure on your rivals oh. and you have to play your strongest team on that day. And Hugh's right. I think Boyata, Lustig, even uh, Christie may well come back into the reckoning as well. So they will have their strongest team out Celtic because Petodre, and if you look at even Aberdeen's stats of late, nine wins in the last 12, Hugh, yeah. they are the form team at the moment. So 
They'll be getting into that game Feeling as if they can turn over Celtic You know Mikey Johnson has that wonderful Element of surprise about him Because here you have This diminutive Out and out striker For two games Who starts Scoring goals Three goals in two games And You know it, Big defenders are saying what, what, what do we do with this guy? So he has the element of surprise But They didn't mm. pay nine million pounds For odds and Edward to have him as an also ran if he's fit he'll play what do you think Colin yeah, I think um, Mickey Johnston because if we play Edward it's a bit risky but you could give him some game time to see if he is fit and then that would decide if Edward is fit for the purpose to play on Saturday and Scorers goals mm. Will we get a clue Against oh, Aberdeen then Is that Is that You know listen, Do you know what everyone's doing Is that doing? the next stage Yeah absolutely Gordon What everyone's doing Is speculating mm. On Edward's health Where he's at In his, in his recovery uh, So until we actually Find out now Because if he starts We know he's up to speed yeah. uh, They might give him 60 minutes 70 minutes Depending on the score If they need to take him The whole game Because he has The number one striker He brings that Physical presence as well So uh, listen, we'll have to wait and see It's 0141-951-1025 on the phone So let's hear from you uh, And on Twitter we are at ClydeSSB More calls coming up after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Merry Christmas From Clyde One Super Scoreboard We'd be lucky to get one wise man Yes, Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are your two wise men It's the best we can do uh, This evening on Clyde One Super Scoreboard Let's hear from you though Lots of big football talking points It might be Christmas tomorrow, the big day But football does not go away Not even close So 01419511025 on the phones Twitter is at Clyde SSB And Hugh, the, the response to the mean tweets <laughs> video That we have just published Has been incredible Um and people quite rightly pointing out that they have found out far too much about Gordon DL. Things yes. they never wanted to know no. about certain body parts of <laughs> Gordon DL. Yes, watch this after your Christmas dinner. Yeah, that's at Clyde SSB, that's where you'll find the Mean Tweets video and you'll see exactly what we are talking about. Yeah, it's the moment when the penny drops on the kidneys. <laughs> it's not for me to say he's struggling to read the tweet, but you know, and then eventually the penny drops. I you just said that. And he... Uh, Eventually the penny drops And it's, it's funny Anyway George is in Bathgate What's your point tonight George? Hello George Hi how are you doing boys alright? Yeah good thanks George What's your point tonight? Something uh, regarding just Alfredo be, uh, Morelos? Just a bit uh, Alfredo Morelos basically I mean mm-hmm. she was a statement there I mean she was always good at these speaking statements But um, about if we sell Alfredo Morelos The Rangers fans are going to think twice about season tickets um, I mean that's, that's a crazy statement I've had a season ticket for 20 years in the 20 years I've seen Barry Ferguson leaving I've seen um, I've seen other great players leaving it's never made me think about selling uh, stopping getting my season ticket I spoke to Alec Rain the way I brought last week about wee Alfredo of course he's a great player but every player in Scottish football has got a, um, their, their point to selling of course I, have, I think that's what you want to be in Scottish football that's maybe a horrible thing to say but you want to get to the point where you're going to be able to sell these players a couple of years ago Rangers couldn't even um, get a penny for anyone of the players now if you're talking about selling them for the Morelos so they'll need a crazy amount of money uh, name of the water go a crazy amount of money for uh, Dumbelli. Dumbe- sorry. So I would like to think if we got a crazy amount of money like that, we would obviously beat the hand up uh, people want to no Rangers fans got to turn around and say, Oh well no we've settled him, that's me, I'm not gonna go to get my season ticket. That's just crazy statements saying things like that. Well, 
uh, Rangers have won nothing You know They've got Steven Gerrard as manager And that's great However they've won nothing And uh, Rangers have been In a bad place For eight years Lower leagues uh, Fans Tormented Frustrated uh, They've watched Yeah So you know, The fans Want a Tangible sign of success uh, It's no use Having Steven Gerrard If there are no trophies uh, so you, you, I mean, you're, you're going to a different. You're going to a different thing. What you said there, Lerone, you, you're going on about trophies. Now that was what we're talking about. You said that fans will stop uh, or think about buying season tickets. Set, have a second thought about buying season I'm tickets. Saying, I'm saying, that you, I'm saying that you have to keep faith with your supporters, and to sell Morelos midway through this season would not be keeping faith with the supporters who, like you, even if it's an unbelievable piece of business, though, as as, as George points out, you're. Racking your brain to find the last time Rangers had a genuine yeah. sellable you asset see, in football, as you know, Gordon, there are two arguments. There's the economic argument, and of course, it makes economic sense to sell if you are a club with fourteen million pounds worth of debt. Of course, it makes sense to balance the books. There's an economic argument, and then there's an emotional argument. And the emotional argument is for Rangers supporters. And George, you must be in that camp as well. You don't want to see Celtic win eight in a row because they're then two away from ten in a row. So the emotional argument is. I don't think it just comes into that. Sure, but um, but my point I'm trying to get is you're saying if we sell Morelos, and the way you said it earlier, if you sell Morelos, that's the end of the season. If we sell Morelos, let's say we sell Morelos for a um, for twenty times what we sell him for, we go, we go him for one point two million. See, we get ten, fifteen, twenty million for that guy, mm-hmm. and we go and Stephen Gerrard goes out. And gets two players for four million pound to replace him. I think it probably take that kind of money. But we paid one point two million for Amarillos. Yeah, now there are guys out there that can score goals in Scottish football. If you're bringing in still ten or fifteen million pound and you're buying in, bringing in two players to replace them, I well, don't think your Rangers fans would be up in arms, and I don't think Stephen Gerrard would be that bothered. Stephen Gerrard would would see the the, the sense in the business, and that's not my point. I don't think people need to start going out the score about well fans going to do this and fans going to do that. The fans are realistic about it, and let's be honest about it. Every single one is realistic about it. And wanting Rangers to succeed, and if it means the Rangers succeeding and bringing in money by selling a player and uh, getting another player to replace him, sorry, that's the way it is. And things happen. The bigger players in Morelos have left Rangers. Simple as that. Well, you, you've made various hypothetical statements there, uh, but I don't think the majority of Rangers supporters want to see Morelos sold to put your hypothetical theories to the test. Yeah, but again, again I, I don't. I feel like we're in danger of misrepresenting George. He doesn't want to see him sold either, yeah, Alex. He's just talking about if it gets to that point, you have a serious decision to make yeah. and it, it could be more beneficial in the long run. Could be. Yeah, listen, I think if you, from a Rangers point of view, in an ideal world, you would, if you were going to sell him, you would look to sell him in the summer. And the reasoning being is because you're taking a guy out who is in fire, He's the linchpin He is the go-to guy To get him out of trouble uh, Time after time So if if there was a deal To be had in January I think there would be A massive disappointment Within the Rangers fans Because of the impact he's having And to see that So soon into a Steven Gerrard Appointment I think that would be disappointment But I also get the fact That Rangers are a selling club Celtic are a selling club Because we see it time after time Where they sold them belly now, one of the things that we haven't touched upon is, and this is not to say that the boy is happy or unhappy at Rangers, he looks as if he's as happy as he's ever been in terms of playing, he's got a smile on his face, the, the supporters are ad- adoring him. So, but if 
an offer did come in and it was substantial money. You don't know how people are actually going to react. You look in at terms the of the player himself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you look at Dembele, who uh, more or less says lastminute.com I want to go. So players have a, a, a part to play in this. I'm not suggesting that. So I'm saying there's lots of factors within. Mm. But until there's a tangible uh, figure on the table for Rangers to make that decision, it's all speculation. All right. Thanks to George and Bathgate on a similar theme. Thomas is in Barhead. Hi, Thomas. Dear gentlemen, and a uh, season's greetings to you all. Thanks for your yes, and you, Thomas. 2018. Thank you. Uh, the enigma that's Alfredo Morelos. Alfredo Morelos is a little bit Brexit. He splits families. Uh, <laughs> I find there are three Alfredo Moreloses or three issues with him. You've got the Alfredo Morelos who turned up at St Johnston, um, who would never be at your team, and there would be no price. And he said, unless it was a really ridiculous one. There's also the Alfredo Morelos who turned up against Hibs, who got eight gift. Edge, guilt edge chances and miss them and there's the Alfredo Morelos who leaves you fighting a team with 10 men and who sits in the stands and watches the games the guy's got 19 goals but yet look at the games he's missed and look at the games where he's played basically quite rank if you've if you've got Alfredo Morelos and his head is in the right place he's, a, he's one of the best on the, on the go just now but Rangers are in a position we cannot afford to have an Alfredo Morelos off form and we can't afford to have him sitting in the stand. Where I am is if we got not even a huge bid, I'm not talking about a 20 million type bid, if we got an 8, 9, 10 million pound bid for Morelos and hopefully our scouts had suitable replacements lined up, then I would be willing to bite the bullet because if we had other options up front, Yes, we could afford to, to we could afford to go down to ten men all the time, but perhaps we could sit in the stand. Lafferty's not stepping up to the mark when Barellis isn't playing. So there, there's the dilemma for Rangers, and and that's the dilemma for fans. You sit in the stand up. I've got myself and one of my sons. Uh, I've got the same point of view. Morelos, eight nine million, I would take him. Mother son idolises him. So you know that that's where the Rangers fans are. I have to go back to the words of Stephen Gerrard the, the, Firstly Hugh The biggest compliment I can pay Thomas Is that your eyes lit up there On that Brexit line As if you would have, you would have been proud of that one oh, One day I will steal it and claim it as my own But uh, you know, I go back to the words of Stephen Gerrard He's going nowhere uh, That tells me How highly the manager rates uh, Alfredo Morelos And uh, I do take the point about the guy that gets sent off And the guy that misses sitters uh, but you can't give them a personality transplant and turn them into uh, a composed individual who never loses his rag. Uh, and you can't change him for what he is. Ali McCoy used to miss sitter after sitter, but he still ended up with hundreds of goals for Rangers. So I'm not for one minute, Ali, comparing Morelos to you, so sit down. But uh, I just think that whether you love him, loathe him, or are indifferent towards him, I just think that Stephen Gerrard believes with Morelos he has a title challenge to make and without Morelos he's not sure about that the, the chance well the, the winning goal as it turned out to be yesterday yep. Alex that, that finish probably sums him up where he he, he takes ones that are pro- they're half chances he, yeah. he, and he, he scores a lot of difficult ones of course there's been a lot of um, high profile misses hanging over his head but when you look at some of the ones he sticks away I think it's pretty clear he's a talented finisher yeah I, I, I've said for a long time Gordon he has Developed unbelievable in the last year. He's he's all round game. I remember watching him uh, last year, and at this time I I was saying on the show, take the money, 
because I didn't quite see the progression that, that, that he's made over this year. Now, one of the things, and, and you touched upon Ali McCoyst, Ali McCoyst get in positions time after time. He didn't always score them. Uh-huh. This boy is a natural poacher. He might not be as prolific as Ali was at you know that age, but he may well go on if you look at the progression this year. So, going back to the point of Stephen Gerrard, Stephen Gerrard, categoric, will not want to lose him, purely for the point of view as he says he's a nightmare to play against, he's a handful and he's scoring the goal. So, you have to you have to take the bad with that as well. And he's only a young guy trying to find his way in a different country. Thank you to Thomas and Barhead. Beat the pundit with goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. What a late Christmas gift this would be to rock up here couple of hours before the big day and beat Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray on Beat the Pundit the chance is here and it's yours so 01419511025 that's the number you need come on head to head take on one of these two and try and win yourself a signed ball it's very certainly sounds simple not always that simple when you get through but let's do it 01419511025 and you only have until the news at 7 o'clock Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Busy, busy period this for Scottish football. We, we'll give ourselves a day off tomorrow, Hugh, but until eight o'clock, we are here with plenty a to discuss. Off? A day off? Yes, just the one. Sick that, kids. A just day off? <laughs> yeah. Are I'm you mad? <laughs> He'll be in here, won't he, tomorrow? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> For a bit of peace and quiet. <laughs> anyway, uh, 01419511025 is the number you need. We're going to hear from Karamoko Dembele. Mm. The name probably rings a bell. He has been a bit of an internet sensation for a while with some of his... Uh, Skills and goals that he's been scoring at youth level For Celtic and for Scotland And he's now committed his future to Celtic So we're going to hear from him After we do this Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday, Wednesday And Saturday Beat the Pundit time, the last one before the big day Hugh and Alex are both standing by And one of them is going to be up against Scott Who is a Mullerwell fan From Motherwell Your first time on Beat the Pundit Scott What made you call up tonight? Well just listened to it Gordon So I thought I'd give it a go Why not? That's all you can do Give it a go I'll toss the coin Heads you're going to be up against Hugh uh, And Tails it will be Alex Ray And it is Tails Alex Ray up against Scott From Motherwell Do you usually do quite well at this When you're listening at home Scott? Yes but I think it's easier When you're listening at home (laughs) Let's see Uh, Let's see how that translates Right okay I'm going to give Alex Ray A bit of Clyde 2 in his ear So that he doesn't know What you're saying Scott And we'll get the Clock up and running It is your first time So here's the drill You've got 30 seconds You're going head to head The secret is you can pass So if you're going to pass Do it quickly And get on to the next one Are you ready? Yes Good man Your time starts Now What squad number Has Karamoko Dembele Been given at Celtic? Pass Which club has won The most Champions League Or European Cup titles? Which side have conceded the most Scottish Premiership goals so far this season? Dundee Which Italian side does Carlo Ancelotti manage? Uh, Napoli At which Portuguese team did Jose Mourinho start his management career? Benfica Which Scottish Championship side play their home games at Capelo? Morton Who is the Celtic assistant manager? Uh, 
Nah, John Kennedy's a coach, so... Yeah, right, okay. Let me bring Alex back. Alex, are you with us? I am, yes. Right, same set of questions to you, shall we? Yes. What squad number has Karamoko Dembele been given at Celtic? 77. Which club has the most Champions League or European Cup titles? Real Madrid. Which side have conceded the most Scottish Premiership goals so far this season? Dundee. Which Italian side does Carlo Ancelotti manage? Napoli. At which Portuguese team did Jose Mourinho start his management Porto. career? Which Scottish Championship side play their home games at Capolo? Morton. And who is the Celtic assistant manager? Davis. Mr. Davis. <laughs> Steve Davis. Steve. Oh, now let's, let's go through them. What do you think, Scott? I think I'm bet Right okay Well it certainly was as, It was as close <coughs> as I hoped it would be A good Christmas Eve match up Hugh Keevans What squad number Has Karamoko Dembele been given at Celtic It is 77 uh, So Alex Ray goes into a 1-0 lead You both got the next one Real Madrid have won the most Champions League Or European Cup titles 13 Wow It's not bad going is it Jeez uh, Which side have conceded the most Scottish Premiership goals So far this season It's Dundee on 44 You both got that So Alex still has a a one point lead And it stays the same Because you both knew That Napoli Is where Carlo Ancelotti manages But finally Here comes the equaliser From Scott At which Portuguese team Did Jose Mourinho Start his management career <laughs> It's Benfica Wow So I mean you were, It's an obvious guess For Porto I but, love it as well um, Benfica <laughs> yeah, Half the year you do You're right Benfica uh, So Scott equalises And then Which Scottish Championship side Play their home games At Capolo It is Greenock Morton So it's all level Going on to the last question Who Is the Celtic Assistant manager Scott didn't know He, he knew that it wasn't John Kennedy And just sort of passed You said Davis Mr Davis Steve Davis it's Chris Davis, oh. so there's no chance I'm giving you that. I know it's the, I know it's the, <laughs> the <laughs> exactly. I know it's the 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 season of goodwill and all that, but not a chance. You're getting it for Mister Davis, followed up by Steve Davis. No chance. Okay, so here's the tiebreaker, Scott. I'm going to ask the question. I'll get Alex to write his answer sure. down, and I'll then invite yeah. you to give me your attempt. Okay. Yes. The question is this Albion Rovers Stadium. Oh, Scott's from Mother. Maybe a wee bit of local mm, local knowledge lovely. here. Uh, Albion Rover Stadium Clifton Hill Actually opened On Christmas Day Would you oh look at that How fitting a, t- a, a, a tie break for tonight Of which year though Clifton Hill opened On Christmas Day Of which year Alex Ray Write your answer down please I don't know what you're looking At Hugh Keevans for He I doesn't know I the producer Man, What a smile he's got on his face And if he does He won't help you Show me your answer please Alex Can't be taking you that long Okay Scott what's your attempt um, 1950 Okay Scott's gone 1950 Alex Ray has gone 1926 Hugh says he covered his first game there <laughs> For the daily record <laughs> The answer Is 1919 He's pipped you on the uh, tiebreaker Well done Alex Thanks Do you know I get beat last week The tiebreaker We had so dodgy question up for it. Yeah well done mate Merry Christmas to you Hardline Scott Merry uh, Christmas to you Take care all the best He's all on the show Good man Thank you Thanks very much That was a good Christmas Beat the pundit I like that Hugh Keevans On to the The tiebreaker It's important and, to yeah. go out In the right manner though Hugh The way you want to Go into the yeah. new year Yeah sure What um, <laughs> sure, What one yeah. did you What did you go for 1922 1922 You were close yeah. you, You're close probably You must have been there Yeah that's not bad at all Alright Beat the pundit We'll be back oh, Now we're thinking Hugh 
The day after Boxing Day, I would imagine, yeah? We'll call that the 27th Yeah, that'll do us, right? I think that's when Beat the Pundit will return So still a chance for you to get one over on the pundits before the new year The first question tonight was What squad number has 15-year-old Karamoko Dembele been given at Celtic? The answer was 77 And he says he's targeting the first team as soon as possible After signing his first professional deal with the club uh, He says he's looking to excite the fans at Parkhead After signing a deal until 2021 what do you make of that, Hugh? It's not often that a 15-year-old signing for a club is going to get us talking on this yeah. show. Well, he, but he, he's if what we're led to believe is that he doesn't play like other 15-year-olds. That's well, the whole point. That's it. Here we have a phenomenon in the making. Uh, you know, at the age of 13, he played for Celtics under 20s. Uh, he is clearly uh, a magnificent talent in the social media age. He became uh, a. a Viral sensation When people Saw this kid play He clearly has A lot of uh, Growing up to do In every sense of the word He's only 15 six, 16 in February uh, And physically He has to develop uh, But The most interesting point of all Is that Are Celtic preparing someone For somebody else to buy If that happens Then as Alex said Celtic like Everyone else, they're a selling club. But the Celtic fans would like to enjoy Karamoko Dembele for as long as they possibly can. So they will be eagerly looking forward to his debut. But I would suggest it's still a fair way off because he's not yet 16 and physically he has to develop. Celtic fans, what do you make of that news today? Is that one that excites you for the future? Maybe you've been lucky enough to, to see him in action. Tell us what you think of that news that Karamoko Dembele has signed for the club. Let's hear from him. It's it's great. I feel I feel happy, and I'm ready to you know start and like try and get in the first team as soon as possible. It means a lot as I've come here at a young age and like all the stuff me and my family have been through together. So it'll be like it'll be good to like make them proud. I like to say thank you obviously for everything they've done for me, and like all the all the training, all the like discipline, and like advice they've been giving me all the way. I'd like to thank them. I'm quite creative, like, I just like to, you know, excite, excite everyone and, like, you know, just put on a show. Awesome. Yeah, it's like, it also gives you hope as an academy player because, like, you know that these players have came from the academy as well, so you've got a chance to get in the first team if you really, like, work hard and, like, give it your all. Alex, Hugh talks about the bigger yep. picture and what, what may happen down the line, but, but before we even get close to getting to that... This is obviously good news for Celtic fans Fabulous. because they were, there was the real possibility that at this point, when he goes to sign his first professional deal, that it would be elsewhere. Yeah, I think it's a, a brilliant piece of business. I've seen this kid play two years ago. I was uh, managing St Mirren and there was some football going out in the back in the AstroTurf and I thought, I'm going to go and have a look. It was uh, Celtic versus St Mirren. I thought, I'll give it 10 minutes. I ended up staying at the end of the game. The, the boy was sensational. He skips past players at will. For that age group And he's obviously been fast-tracked With Scotland and, and Celtic Into the reserves He has a really bright future But in terms Because we we've just we've been talk, talking about Morelos tonight In terms of What you bring to the first team And then obviously From a business point of view yeah. Money-wise you. So To get him tied up Was massive Because it could quite easily Have been another Gilmore Billy Gilmore situation Where a Chelsea Similar to Farouz Back in the day yeah. Could have come in And taken them for Buttons in the grand scale of things Having invested in this kid Since he, I think it was 10 years old He was saying in that interview So It's a good piece of business 
I, I think that Celtic will throw him in a lot quicker than you would think, Hugh. And oh. I, I take on board that his size, he's 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 small, but he is really, you know, he's stocky. He's got pace. He's got technical ability to die for. So, uh, and to try and keep him at Celtic. And if you look at if you look at some of the players in recent years as well, even Mikey Johnson and Ralston and, and the likes, they throw them in because they have the resources, the personnel to support kids to get thrown in and, and blood them at a younger age, more so than most clubs. It's, so, it's, it's frightening, Hugh, because he's still so young. Yeah. But even at this point, this is years of, of work on, on Celtic's part and yeah. others coming through their their version of the, the performance school at St Ninnings yeah. um, and Kirk and Tillich. And then, you know, getting into to, to that stage where He's ready to sign his first professional deal, but there's, there's still so much in front of him because he, he's only 15. It's so important that that Caramoco uh, Dembele listens to Celtic, uh, to the people who are trying to help him, trying to further his career. And it's so important his family understand what Celtic are trying to do for him. And we all know that somewhere down the line, if Caramoco Dembele maintains his progress, that one day he will attract... Unbelievable sums of money However At this juncture He has to listen to Celtic When Islam Farouz Did not listen to Tommy Burns And did not listen to anyone at Celtic He went off down a path From which he has never returned He Has simply faded from sight Great talent Mm. That is now no more So it's very important That Karamoko Dembele Listens to the right people at Celtic How on earth do you strike the balance Hugh Because rightly you will see loads of people saying you know, f- Forget all this, the kid's 15 hmm. Let him be a kid, let him enjoy his football Don't put too much pressure on him Don't heap expectation on him That's on one hand yeah. Then on the other hand, everybody's seen him In the social media age, everyone knows how good he is Every yeah. club in the planet is aware of how talented he is He played for Celtic's youth team Um uh, Celtic reserve team Sorry When he was 13 uh-huh. And now Celtic themselves are, are obviously Announcing this this good news That he's signed the new deal So how on earth Do you find that balance Between protecting him But also just Acknowledging what What a talent he is You you have to hope That he Himself Possesses The, the right temperament That he is And I have no doubt This is the case Well looked after By his own family You have to Hope That he Listens to The good advice He will get from Celtic Billy Gilmer at Rangers was clearly an outstanding, mm-hmm. exceptional, extraordinary talent who went to London and applied himself properly and continues to progress. Uh, he also changed the lives of his family members as well as himself by going down to Chelsea. So he is on a pathway that will take him to the very top. Karamokadambele can go down the same pathway He simply has to show the same temperament Application And willingness To learn from those At the age of 15 Those who know better than him And of course I'm sure this means uh, Many more months and years of Wondering where his international Future lies as well But we'll get to that on another day 01419511025 Paul is a Celtic fan in Kirk and Tillich. Hi Paul Hi guys, uh, happy Christmas to everybody in the show and all your families. Thank Same you to you, Paul. Paul. Thanks. Uh, my point tonight is uh, I've been listening to some of the calls and I've been uh, hearing some of the Celtic supporters saying about the, the Aberdeen No Fun game to start with Mickey Johnson. 
Now, and Anthony Ralston, uh, as opposed to uh, Michael Lustig. Personally, I think that it wouldn't be a good move. I think you need to go with the tried and tested, the guys that have been there and done it before. Even a 75% uh, Odson Edward, I think, would be better starting the game than Mickey Johnston. The guys, the, the young guys clearly got a lot of talent, but he's a bit lightweight. And I feel that uh, any young player that Brendan Rodgers, since he's came, since he's given new contracts, I think he seems to like them to beef up a bit. They often get sent away uh, to go out and loan, as Anthony Ralston has done. If you look at his physique now, compared to when he went to Dundee United, it's totally different. Uh, and along the, the lines of what he done with Moussa Dembele, if you look at Moussa Dembele when he came at the start, and you look at him before he left, he virtually looks like a bodybuilder. Uh, and I think that's what Brendan Rodgers looks for in the kind of modern day professional. I think Brendan Rodgers, and again, all of this is about guesswork and using past experience, but I think Brendan Rodgers now looks at Michael Lustig, Kieran Tierney, Dedrick Boyata, Odson Edward, and thinks they'll all start at Pataudry because it's vital that uh, Celtic get the kind of result, in other words, a win at Pataudry that allows them to go into Ibrox at the weekend saying, uh, we're here, we know it's serious time, and we've got our best players back. So, as I say, Mikey Johnson, undeniably will be a top Celtic player one day, uh, as will Anthony Ralston. But right now, it's serious time. And I think that means the A-listers. Yeah, and maybe we don't have to be so definitive about it, Alex. We always talk about it being a squad game and all the rest of it, and that's perhaps where Paul makes a, a particularly accurate point. What's to say that this conference... Uh, this run of form, this belief that Mikey Johnson has built up, what's to say that can't still benefit Celtic from the bench with 20 minutes to go? Listen, there's, there's so many permutations. You're right, Gordon, and, and they may well throw him on as the game's more stretched, uh, you know, because the, the, the early exchanges, I think, will be a lot more physical. Uh, so it may well be a case of bringing him on. But in, in terms of what Paul's point was, uh, for me, Brendan Rodgers will put out his strongest team. From my own experience, Aberdeen is one of the most... Difficult venues within the league when you got there, and particularly good the, form as the well. Form. Yeah. I just mentioned that earlier on, Gordon. Nine wins in the last uh, twelve games, five wins in the last six. So it's it's good form. It's, it's you know it's the form of, uh, team is informed the most at the moment. And Derek McInnes will most certainly be wanting to go into that as well because he's still trying to get that second spot. And even if you you look at Derek's ambition, he'll be trying to get top of the table as well because mm. if he beats Celtic. Depending on what the weekend is, he may well finish the you know before the winter break, top of the tree. So, De- Derek is a, a competitor as well, and he'll be wanting to try and turn over Celtic. That's for sure. This is our last chance, really, to, to preview it, Hugh. What a fixture card we've got mm. on Boxing Day! Yeah, astonishing. Um, Aberdeen Celtic, Celtic have gone there under Brendan Rodgers, and they've dominated and they've had fantastic performances at Pataudry. Uh Aberdeen will. Doubtless think This is our time now Because of the, the form That Alex has outlined uh, I have to be perfectly honest I thought the first time I saw Sam Cosgrove When he was <laughs> Siding Scott Brown And when he was getting sent off at Ibr- I I said to Alex on uh, Saturday in the programme Off air And I'll say it on air now I thought it was a lump of wood But He <laughs> has Is that a technical term? Yeah <laughs> He has come away 
He's don't get Alex Ray started For the last six weeks All he's done is come in And talk to me About the wood that he's been Cutting up to yeah, put yeah, in his yeah. new fire So well, don't use that phrase You'll get him excited But I, I really did not think He had in him What he is now showing Well speaking of Aberdeen Some very very mm. Interesting comments From Craig Levine today About Derek McInnes um, He has Accused him of double standards And talking trite Really? And much more So we're going to get the full-time teaser up and running And we'll hear from Craig Levine next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here with me Gordon Duncan and the mince pies have just been delivered <laughs> Into the Clyde One Super <laughs> Scoreboard <laughs> studio Hugh Keevans, you've got your eye on them, I can see Well, it. you see, I've been in that fast food restaurant at one time And I, I, I want to make sure that my body remains a temple you know what does christmas day christmas dinner look like in the in the keevan's household you got big plans uh well it'll be my daughter's house and it will be mayhem the works mayhem what, what, what's the num what's the what's the first choice on the dinner plate for hugh keevan's oh no absolutely straight down the line traditional turkey and trimmings and all Are you that. a sprouts man oh i love sprouts. oh not for me alex what do you call those things mm, chipolatas no, really, no. i love, no, love chipolatas yeah, yeah. I have to be honest with you, it's, it's one of the best days of the year for me as well. We got the mother lover and the aunt, and just a, a quiet time, just gorging on some beautiful food and the coal fire. Oh, see, this fire of his, he's got a new fire, <laughs> honestly, he doesn't <laughs> shut up. It's about. like Christmas and Andy Williams' house with him. <laughs> anyway, 01419511025 on the phones, Twitter is at Clyde SSB. In my head I'm thinking Christmas Eve We'll go a nice soft approach with the teaser yeah. They'll make it nice and easy mm. And I'm looking at the one that we've chosen And it's not easy oh. It's not remotely easy In mm. fact it's quite the opposite It's been sent in um, by Saf in Melbourne um, Interestingly enough And uh, he says Name the 13 players Who have been the highest scoring Non-Europeans In the English Premier League in any of the seasons Aguero. Since 97-98 Aguero's got to be there Okay Do you get the question though Hugh? There's quite a lot of information I'll, I'll read it again Yeah yeah Name the 13 players Who have been the highest scoring Non-Europeans In any season Of the English Premier League Since 97-98 So they don't have to have been The top scorer in the league Just the, oh. the, the top scoring Non-European In any season Suarez Unbelievable Yeah I was Thought I would try and wind you up Suarez is one of them Yeah What did you say Alex? Aguero Aguero Sergio Yes You've got two already What yes. a flying start uh, They're the two easiest ones though By a mile yeah, no, By an absolute <laughs> but mile Why do you think we got them? I've got, what about the boy Who was at Newcastle Asprilia Oh the Colombian no, yeah, I, I, I know you're going to say no. Yes, the Colombian, yes. <laughs> you know it's when I do that, when I raise yeah, my voice yeah, like that, oh, that, that I'm just going to try. Yes, no. No, sorry, you're wrong. Yes. There is a of the obvious ones. You've got two. You're you're missing arguably the most Chir- obvious. Chicharito. <laughs> no. The the one I've got is the one at Chelsea, um, Argentinian. Uh, Mo Salah's got to be there, no? Yes Was he the top scorer in the league last year? He was certainly yeah, in the top two goals, wasn't so, yeah. Yeah. Drogba Yes Good shout, Shug yeah. How many is that? I've got four Yeah. This is a mince pie inspired effort from Hugh Evans. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> expect you to get so many Suarez, Aguero, Salah, Drogba You're looking for another nine Europeans who have been Eto'o. 
No Your luck mm. has run out So we're looking for another nine Europeans have been the highest No, no, no I've really messed that up We're looking for another nine non-Europeans yes, yes, yes. Who have been the highest scorers in the English Premier League Sort of Kind of thing Yeah, sort of You know where I'm going anyway, yes, don't you? Even if I keep making a mess so of the question too bad, yeah, yeah. Name the 13 players who have been the highest scoring non-Europeans In any season of the English Premier League Since 97-98 Guys like Suarez, Aguero, Salah and Drogba You've got another nine to get We're going to hear from Craig Levine He's had a right old pop at Derek McInnes Talk about the season of goodwill No love lost between these two But let's first speak to Scott and Kirk and Tillich Hi Scott Hi Scott Hi Scott, you got us? No, it's the world's quietest phone line Try again Nah, give it a couple of minutes Scott We'll try and get that cleared up Speak to the producer and see what we can do I had, um, if you care Hugh Keevans I had Scott's volume at absolute maximum there And could barely hear a word they were saying So um, I'm just going to do a wee check on Twitter At Clyde SSB See if anyone's coming up with the The good Yeah Hugh Moan oh, I just love Hugh Moan's style Every night he just comes in And just tells you the hardest one oh, Does he? Yeah he doesn't bother about the rest Just names one and says This is the hardest one Shown off really mm. But um, uh, Brian Elder says Alan Shearer We're looking George. for non-Europeans <laughs> Remember Brian Mind you, you're the uh, The Yak Yakubu What a shout that is from you I've also got another one And I'm trying I'm well impressed with that Who was the the, the the one for Leeds That scored the pile driver I'm not going to say his name Because you're just accused me Of no, trying to reel you in Tony Yaboa <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy I <laughs> you know, I'm just no. the guys that were No No yes, no. Yes. Oh, the, um, the ex-Celtic player Who went to Leeds as well Oh Mark Luduka you two are flying I've never oh. seen a performance like this oh, I just, I'm just chest I'm doing for two yards Jog you do slide down <laughs> in the back post That's 6 of 13 Right I think Scott's back with us Hi Scott Hi good evening Oh I've got you, you now Loud and clear Scott. Scott On you go Yeah that's good uh, right, Just before I make my, my main point uh, I just wanted to talk about The, the situation with the left back injury just now mm-hmm. the Rangers people, Yeah Rangers uh, Heard a few people Speaking earlier about Lee Wallace I think Lee Wallace's Better days are behind him Um Thank you, Paul. Scott, Scott, are you there? He just disappeared. He just got. Yeah, I think he got some sort of shout from the background. I don't know if it was his yeah. boss. He's on his yeah, break at work or something. Yeah, he's just it. disappeared. <laughs> he got the gist though. He's his best days are behind him. Lee Wallace. Well, this is an interesting thing, you isn't it? Um, because up until really the few injuries and things, it's very difficult to gauge because he hasn't been about for so long. I watched, as I said, I watched him a couple of weeks ago, and I and I take it on board. The reserve league is a canter for a player of his experience uh, and the opposition was a team of kids. So um, when I seen him uh, and I seen the problems and the, the, the constant, whether it be Flanagan, whether it be um, Andy Halliday, you know, Barisic is your number one, but they're constantly overlooking this guy. And for me, he would mm. give a really good option in that area. As maybe, a, as maybe that's not the question here. I mean, if the question is, are Lee Wallace's best years behind him? I'm not I'm not sure that matters as much as the question Is he a better option right now yeah. than John Flanagan or Andy Halliday? Correct That, that has to that, be the most pertinent yeah, question that is the only question And I'd have to turn it to Alex and say As a simple rule of thumb Would you put in someone, Alex yep. Who has not played a first team game this season Would you put him into the sequence of matches Hibs and Celtic? Not started a game, you mean? 
Yeah. No, yeah. he hasn't started the game. He, he came on in the dying seconds. I think in the three-three game, Hugh, the, for the corner, which resulted in the basically. Which one? Sorry. The the three-three game uh, earlier on the season. Yeah, he came on for the yeah, last did, seconds, right, yeah. and then he obviously came on at the weekend against St Johnson. So, so he hasn't played you. But just to give you an example, Hugh, in terms of where it would be from a fitness aspect, I was out for about eleven weeks. I was thirty-four years old, uh, and I got an injury against Celtic, and I come back against Celtic. And managed to do okay in that game And then played the game mm. after that You can raise your game initially Because you're adrenaline You're back in the fold But what my experience is Then you then have a dip You know a couple yeah. of games yeah. in So well, you, well, may well, well, you may well be able to get through Allow me to put you on the spot then Hypothetically the game's tomorrow You're picking the team Barisic is injured Do you play Lee Wallace at left back? I would play Lee you Wallace do. Yeah absolutely yeah I, I've, I've been advocating this for a few weeks Purely for the point of view mm. He's been playing on a regular basis It's not as if he's been sitting injured For weeks uh, I, I think Flanagan's done okay But he doesn't give you the balance Andy Halliday's Is he a left back Not for me So you're kind of As you said earlier on Square pegs and mm. round holes Is it worth bearing in mind as well Hugh Again Imagine you're Stephen Gerrard And you've got that choice You've got You've got Halliday, Flanagan And Lee Wallace And Again hypothetically You come to the conclusion That where they are at the moment Footballing ability There's not much in it Surely then Lee Wallace's experience And everything he's been through At the club Has to then At least count a bit In his favour Well the, the time that he spent At the club Is not of Stephen Gerrard's concern I don't think uh, No I mean in terms of experience though. I mean, yeah. If you're comparing two guys Who have the who are similar in footballing ability But one's more experienced Then you would You would tend to lean towards that Would you not? I think that uh, Stephen Gerrard will veer Towards Lee Wallace For the, the double header Hibs and Celtic um, Andy Halliday I know Is entitled to feel sore Every time something happens It's Andy Halliday's fault uh, You know And in bad times You know the, the Rangers fans were Coming on here and saying Fed up hearing about How he was born In the shadow of Ibrooks And all this But uh, But he comes in and he plays honestly for Rangers And he is the square peg in the round hole But he gives the honest 100% endeavour Of somebody who feels strongly about the club Having said all that We're back to that situation that Brendan Rodgers finds himself in Anthony Ralston or Michael Lustig It'll be Michael Lustig Andy Halliday or Lee Wallace I suspect it'll be Lee Wallace Right this is a good listen Craig Levine is accusing Derek McInnes of double standards And talking tripe <laughs> uh, Now this is after his Aberdeen counterpart claimed that, that Hearts were always looking for penalties Levine felt his team should have had two penalties During the 2-0 defeat at Petaudry on Saturday These were incidents I'm, I'm sure you've seen them involving Stephen Naismith and Peter Haring uh, However Aberdeen of course then They got their own penalty After uh, a pull on Scott McKenna McInnes arguing that the better team won And claimed he didn't know what Levine was talking about This is back and forward But here's what you need to know today Here's the response from Craig Levine And I have to laugh when I listen to Derek <laughs> having, a, having a pop It's the same Derek McInnes that was on the phone to me Three weeks ago crying his eyes out About uh, the decisions that he got in the the Celtic game and also the sending off that he got against Rangers. So I have to laugh, you know. Double standards? Ah, double standards all day long, eh? Mm. All day long. And he even said to me, which is funny, that he stopped complaining about referees because he felt that they got more decisions going for him if he didn't complain, you know. So, listen, I've got to laugh. I've got articles here that, that he's complained four or five times about the officials already this season. He forgets that, eh? He also tried to get uh, Stephen Naismith sent off which I'll remember as well I'm not messing about there uh, Cards on the table I thought there were three penalty decisions To be taken in the Aberdeen Hearts game 
I thought the referee got it wrong on all three occasions. I didn't think it was a penalty uh, for Aberdeen, and I thought that Hearts were denied two stonewall penalties. What about this stuff afterwards? I mean, if you listen carefully, you can hear these two furiously crossing each other off the Christmas uh, card well, list for next year because yeah. um, that was, was quite scathing, I thought, from Craig Levine. I, I, uh, I have two ways of looking at this. Uh, were I still writing for one of our tabloid newspapers, I'd be saying, lovely. Lovely. <laughs> Get me a taxi back to the office, will you, so I can start clattering this out. Uh, but I do think now that it, it's become a modern trend to reveal conversations that you had with someone when that someone thought they were having a private conversation with you. And when it suits your ends, you then make that private conversation a public conversation. So... I do not know what the relationship will be between Derek McInnes and Craig Levine from this day on, but I suspect it will be frostier than the weather out there. The the two penalties that Hearts were denied, uh, having listened to um, Derek McInnes afterwards, uh, you know, I think he was kind of pointing out that that wasn't the case. He didn't see it like that. And they were obviously putting their viewpoint. For me, I agree with you. I thought the three penalties were wrong. Aberdeen one, it was a bit harsh, really. But. Come back to the the conversation thing. For me, there has to be a kind of professional respect that when you're having a conversation, and this mm. is not the first time that Craig Levine's actually did this, Gordon. No. He did it a few weeks ago about John Fleming. So <laughs> there'll be managers and coaches very conscious of what they're actually saying to people now, whereas in times go by, they need to be respectful mm. of conversations that are done in private. Uh, and again, it's to suit no ends. But... Um, it's a wee bit schoolboy stuff for me You know there's a better way to deal with it And to do it and Why not pick up the phone and say that to him You know I, I think you were this and, and then have this professional relationship Just to reveal everything publicly Doesn't uh, do the relationships And I don't think it's healthy for the game Hugh at this time of reflection And looking back on the year One conclusion you can safely draw Is that the 2018 Craig Levine Doesn't care He, he just no. he says what's on his mind Well Craig Levine basically runs hearts you know, he seems to be in all the top positions at the same time. Well, uh, and Budge might have something to say about well, that, but well, I, I get where you're going. Uh, the results at the moment for Hearts are poor. Uh, they have started to slide, uh, and I think Craig will need to concentrate on the football. Uh, but I do repeat, I thought he was denied two mm. stonewall penalties at Pataudry. We've been talking about what well, we heard from Karamoko Dembele, didn't we? And Paul is on Twitter, he says, a shout out to Karamoko's old boys club, Park Villa. I remember we had some of the guys on the show actually It says especially Peter Payton Who coached him from five year old And let him go to Celtic full time When he could have kept him for another season All his former coaches are bursting with pride For Caddy Kevin's in the Gorbals Hi Kevin Hi panel Hello, what's your point tonight Kevin? I'd like to wish you all the best for tomorrow Thank you Kevin, Thank you, same Kevin. to you Same to you Kevin uh, I've got two points mm-hmm. um, My first point is um, It's basically well, it's an observation But I like say Celtic signing Callum McGregor in a five-year deal and, and a KT six-year deal there not so long ago and then Karamoko Dembele surely um, all looks well for the future um, so I was just wondering does mm. the panel think that that, um, that they intend to keep them there or is that just to like um Cover their own back Sort of thing To sell, I, sell them day, on Put extra money on a, Put extra money on a, One day ulti- Kevin Ultimately it's both you Isn't it that's, yeah. that's the whole point It's both at the same time Kevin and the rest of the Celtic sport Get to enjoy Callum McGregor 
and Kieran Tierney. But even Brendan Rodgers said that uh, Callum McGregor could play in the English Premiership one day. And he mentioned that Callum was 25 and had plenty of time to play in the English Premiership. So people think, some people think that if you sign up with Celtic or Rangers on a long-term contract, that's it. It's because you never want to leave. No, no, the club are safeguarding themselves because um, one day Kieran Tierney will attract a big offer, I have no doubt. Callum McGregor, the same. You hope, you, you simply hope that the club can fulfil all of their ambitions as players. Uh, otherwise, one day the club will accept the big money. Kevin, we're quite short on time. If you've got a second point, let's hear it. Um, listen, this is me getting it again at my neighbours, but um, with uh, Rangers almost destroying themselves in Scottish football, uh, do you not think they've ruined the, the best derby in the world by cutting the allocation in this Celtic fans and obviously we've had to follow suit and do the same Quickly on that one Hugh I did say we're, we're it's a shame. already It's a shame I, I do think it uh, upsets the dynamic of the fixture but uh, as Kevin says if Rangers say that's it only 800 fans at Celtic at Ibrox then Celtic will inevitably say okay same for us Right quickly we are running late on the teaser you've got Suarez, Aguero, Salah Drogba, Yakubu, Viduka I'm struggling now Hugh would you like some thinking time? Yes. yes Okay the answers to the teaser Are hopefully coming up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray And they're actually doing better than usual <laughs> Take that as you will uh, At the teaser the Backhanded compliment yeah. That's yeah. Full time yeah. teaser tonight Sent in uh, by Saf in Melbourne Remember if you've got a good question You like the sound of what we're doing Send your questions in Because we'd love to use them on the show Full time at Clyde1.com Is the address you need Full time at Clyde1.com So tonight's is Name the 13 players Who have been the highest scoring non-Europeans In any season of the English Premier League Since 97 98. You're doing really well You've got Suarez Aguero Salah Drogba Yakubu And Vaduka, Which means You've got 6 of 13 Carlos Tevez Yes Jürgen Klinsmann Nope Yorkie Dwight York Yes, yes. Frederick Canuti No Freddy no Alexis Sanchez Yes Okay 9 out of 13 Any more? Canu no Canu's a great shout What a player he was Hugh uh, Oh Sadly yeah. Ability I mean phenomenal ability for a guy so big Just oh, Technical ability was great No Alright Some more thinking time perhaps Yes yes right, Let's speak to Kenny the Jambo Hi Kenny Hi guys Happy Easter Easter <laughs> uh, No Hugh I hope your uh, If it's your daughter that works with uh, the special kids I hope she has a, a fabulous rest and a nice Christmas You're very kind uh, Thank you uh, Alec, I was want to ask you uh, in your managerial role as as a player. Yeah. Or the, see the, the 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 collapse in my team. Yeah. Uh, see if you took out your bearer, your suitor, and then you get Jimmy Dunn and the other boy uh, David. Them getting injured, and yeah. Well, I think what a lot of people forget is we lost Lafferty as well, as well as Big and Pexley and then Naismith as well. How would you deal with that? On both fronts Because I think it would affect A lot of players That other main players have Went out at the same time 
There's no two ways about this Affected their form I, I, I saw them at Ibrox uh, And they lost But they were really impressive that day And um, I think the key thing is Is that the positions And the personnel It's, it's really hampered them Now I know that Bear has been back The last couple of games But I, I said earlier on in the programme When you get to a certain age After a period of time You initially have that little Kind of boost and you can manage to cope for two or three games and then you have a dip. And I expected that would be better, whether that's the case or not. So you're getting these guys back after a long period. Uh, Naismith will be the same as well. You know, they've been out for a while. So it's difficult to get them back up to speed. But then you, when you have done on the back of that as well, uh, it's a difficult time. But at one, I think it's 1-1-10. One, one and 10, And we were talking, Hugh and I were talking, you know, with the Edinburgh Derby coming up as well on the 29th. And the importance of that for Hearts because... At which stage do people start looking, Hugh? Oh. You know. Well, Kenny's the man perfectly positioned to tell us because uh, we're viewing it from afar, Kenny. But uh, would Craig Levine start to get a bit of stick if Hibs were to win the derby? Well, definitely, definitely. But that would just be for the derby alone. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think uh, I know what you say earlier, Hugh, about Levine being sort of in control at Hearts. He's a man where, you know, the, the, the couple of seasons where he actually had a, a good run uh, with players, the first runner-up in the Premier twice, uh, which shouldn't be forgotten. But I, th- I think he's had that transformation with Cathro leaving, the carry-on with the stand, the, the, the amount of players he's brought in, and the injuries. I, th- I think to be to be nine points off the top, uh, I'd have took that at the start of the season. Yeah, but up until up until about nine or ten games, you were dreaming. You know the start that he's made was absolutely fabulous. So I, I'm not quite sure where. See this this because the Rangers fans use it quite a lot as well. Would have took that at the start of the season, but then when you start losing games to Livingston and Dundee and things, then you have to put it in context. So um, for me, I think Hearts, even though they've got these injuries, should not be on a mm. one in ten uh, run. So, you know, as I said, the next couple of games, and I think that's what Hugh's trying to say. Where, where would that leave uh, Craig uh, going into the I'm new year? Australian game, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, Hibs are decimated by that as well. Uh, Kenny, what do you make of your manager's um, outstanding commitment to being permanently at the wind-up these days and just digging out everyone who comes across him? Listen, I think if you're looking for experience on uh, Levine's comments, as Hugh said, uh, he would have run back to his desk and got a print of going, but it is, it's, uh, it's blockbuster news for Levine, but he should maybe shut up and just get on with getting the team winning again. The reason why I'd like to see you coming back, Kenny, is I, I think that what's going on in Edinburgh right now is really, I'll use the word heartening, no pun intended. You know, Hearts get fabulous crowds, Hibs get fabulous crowds, the city's alive again. Uh, where the two football teams are concerned and I'd love to see it continue because it's helping we've had a tremendous season one way and another Hibs played an early part in that and so did Hearts and now both have fallen away a good deal Uh, but I'd like to see Hibs and Hearts coming back because you've both got terrific fan bases and they're turning out and they're getting right behind the clubs again so it's a great development for the game in general Thank you to Kenny the Jambo Let's hear from Oren Kearney He's hoping the first away win in the league Will help St Mirren kick on ahead of the winter break Simeon Jackson scored the only goal In the win over Motherwell And the Buddies boss says the players showed character To hang on I think the mentality all week and the mentality today is You know, let's get rid of Or let's get our first away win and get our The monkey off our back, whatever else um, I think our big Our big Psyche, I suppose, coming into the game was that we've underperformed against the teams around us um, since I've arrived anyway. 
and we've been disappointed with the performances and, and the points that we, we haven't gained, I suppose, in, in the teams around us. And, and I think it was more to put that right today, and I think that's probably the most pleasing aspect. I suppose a game like this between two teams of, of where we're situated is probably more like a game of chess, and it's probably... In the first half in particular, like all week, I had a bit your arm off for 0-0 at half-time in relation to there at home. It probably brings a bit of age. Um, it brings a bit of angst in their point of view and they start to come out possibly a little bit more. And um, I think the substitutes happened at the time probably where the game was naturally going to possibly open up for us a little bit. Um, and, it's pro- and it proved that way and it allowed us to, you know, to get our goal and give us something to hold on to. Is that the result of the weekend or, or, or one of them in terms of, of, of what yeah. it does in the league table? For me, as I said at the top of the programme, I felt as if it was such an important win. Um, if you can get some daylight between Dundee, uh, then it gives you that breathing space and you can start looking up the way. And obviously it draws Motherwell back towards them as well. So Oren Kearney will be delighted to I get the three points. But he needs to, he needs to kind of try and capitalise on that. They can't go on a similar run again. I don't want to go all Grinch on this, but... It's, yeah. it, <laughs> it comes naturally to you it, It's only a great result If they follow it up With another one mm-hmm. Because if they follow it up With a, a defeat Then you're back to square yeah. one But it's, it's almost like The old relegation Six pointer In the sense that, that It could have gone to Twelve points mm. Between Motherwell and St Mirren And instead it's six And that looks a whole lot better If you're from Paisley And a whole lot worse If you're from Motherwell Yeah uh, It brings Motherwell Back into the equation You can't just dismiss them uh, And They've still got another two games to go without the manager being on the touchline. And so for Stephen Robinson, it's a tense finish to the part of the season that leads to the winter break. Not a a great deal in the game, Alex. And Motherwell obviously had had chances as well, but but that's the whole point. You're going to have to um, take advantage of fine margins sometimes, and that's what St Mirren did. Yeah, they have to capitalise on that. And I think one of the things in their favour, weekend, Gordon, we said that in recent weeks... St Mirren have managed to score uh, first within a game and then obviously gone on and lost some games. So this will be a big boost to Oren Kearney. They've got uh, St Johnston, Boxing Day, then they have Kamarnock at the weekend. So hard games, yeah. but if you can take some points because at the turn of the year, they then have Celtic, Hibs, Rangers uh, all to contend with. So if they can get some more points on the board, then that would be a boost. Can you name the 13 players who have been the highest scoring non-Europeans in any season of the English Premier League since 97-98? A uh, big thank you to the tweet, I can't remember who it was, um, for reminding me that I missed the opportunity to slag Alex Ray for <laughs> suggesting that Jurgen Klingsman was a non-European. But anyway, you've still, you've, you've still got four to get. He's an American citizen now, you're <laughs> half right. you four to get, quick, let's do it. We're struggling. I'll give you a bit of a clue. This guy played for... Loads of big clubs in England But Man City and Arsenal In particular Because there was A bit of beef there Man, when, Man he went, City. when he played against his old club Man Bit City of an infamous celebration Where he ran all the way To celebrate in front of What used to be His fans No? I, I, I'm gone for you Come on you You need to contribute here Adebayor <laughs> Oh, a man! Remember, it? I would never have got him. Right, okay, uh, it's definitely clue time. This one is a countryman of Christian Gamboa, Costa Rica. Yep, Costa Rica. Who played for? Oh, them. it's the one chop. Yes. Oh, the old chop. One chop. <laughs> this I had one. Bike pocket one day. <laughs> Proper wonder kid. I mean, that, you, you would have been forgiven for thinking this guy was going to be the best player on the planet for a while. And it just didn't really materialise He was one of Man City's big money signings Brazilian 
I mean don't get me wrong He had a decent career He still played with Real Madrid etc But Just maybe not quite The expectation level I'm struggling here Man City Brazilian I mean it sounds a bit like Ronaldinho Except it's not <laughs> <laughs> As in it begins with the same letter And ends in the same sound Robinho Oh, oh Robinho And the last one Aston Villa Juan Pablo Angel We need to go That was it Thank you Hugh Kevins and Alex Ray And from us to you Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas Merry Christmas Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results Every week Talk to Thompson's.com